Hey everybody, how's everyone doing today? Hope everyone is doing great. We have an amazing guest today. Uh, let me let me actually say your name, or uh, could you could you could you tell us your name the way people should say it? Because <laughs> I'll say it my, the the way I would say it, but um, it's definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, in Danish, it's Panille Urum. Panille Urum. Uh, yes. I would say Pernille, <laughs> uh, because Close. I'm such a goober. I don't know. <laughs> so well, let's just stick with uh, Pernille. I think that's easier for everyone. Yeah. So you yeah. are you are among uh, a couple of artists that I found over at Instagram, and I fell in love in terms of the work you do. Uh, it, it, it is not the genre that I'm generally interested with. I'm not that much into you know animation kind of look and an illustration kind of look but there's certain artists that that do it pretty well and then you you're one of them so i found you Thank there you. um and it's like it's, it's like you said before we we started this call like instagram is such a gr good place to to find really um really cool artists and uh that you normally wouldn't find anywhere else especially i don't know how familiar you are with uh with the industry of you know entertainment design and video games and films but in this industry it's like not that many artists are on instagram and and you kind of know them most mostly from ArtStation. uh yeah. but then you go into that place and it's like damn there's so many so many good stuff to look at yeah and so i found you there and i, I figured you know what i'll be it'll be awesome to sort of figure out who you are and and talk a little bit about that i know you have some some uh your own some of your own projects going on mm -hmm. and we'll talk yes. about that too i'd love to know about more about that for sure but maybe let's start with uh getting our audience more familiar with yourself you know uh, i usually want to get like a good background of who, who am i talking with and um uh, there's also a question i'll uh, ask later just what kind of got you into becoming an artist so yeah let's maybe start with you know where are you from and um that kind of stuff um sure um well i'm from denmark and i live in copenhagen right now but i grew up in a smaller town called uh, ranas in uh, jutland which is the main part of denmark mm -hmm. and uh, i always knew i wanted to be an uh, animator um actually i thought i was going to be an actual animator and like do book animation growing up with all the Disney movies and stuff which is clearly of course my inspiration if you look <laughs> at the stuff that I'm doing it doesn't come as a big surprise to anybody um, so I always wanted to do that I always wanted to be an animator and go through school that was all I wanted so in the eighth grade we have something that is um, kind of like an internship at the job like you mm -hmm. take a week out of school and you go somewhere and actually go to a workplace and I was lucky to find out that we had a really good animation school that was about 40 minutes away from where I grew up so I went there as an internship and uh, later on I got, ex got accepted and I ended up studying animation at that school um, which is a really really good school so it's always been like a straight path uh, down that road so you, you um, want to you, you be in animation from like when you were a kid or yeah i think i saw the the little mermaid when i was around three <laughs> four and i didn't know what that. it was yeah <laughs> but i was like whatever they they did that's what i wanted to do 
I had a small period of time where I wanted um, to be, um, oh, what's it called, like uh, a person who uh, who work with buddies, like investigate how they um, how they died, or oh, I don't remember what they're called. But I saw X Files, and I wanted to be like Scully for a little <laughs> while, and I had a small period of time where I wanted to be like Indiana Jones. But then I got right back to uh, <laughs> to animation again. So. I've always known that's what I wanted, and I've always drawn. I never stopped. Like most of the people who work in the industry, it's just always been some kind of passion because it has right. to be that. I think it's so much work, and and it's like to be really good, you have to maintain it all the time. So if you don't love it, it's it, you can't really do it. I think. So yeah. I always wanted to do that. Yeah, art is one of those things where if you're not really passionate about it, it's, it's really difficult to do because unlike um, unlike any any other regular job, let's put it this way, which, yeah. you know, by its all means, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do. Uh, it is it is creative. It, re- it requires from you to think a lot. Like it, it's not it's not yeah. a repetitive task that you can produce every day by day without preparing for it or thinking about it. You have to like really go... Um, with an intense mind and, and focus on your work. It's, it's really difficult not to focus and do things automatically. Yeah. Um, I remember when I started, uh, before I started working in this industry, I was a janitor personally. So mm. for, for me remembering that job, like I could think about m- millions of different things while doing it, you know, like cleaning toilets and yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 one of those jobs like you really have to like to do it because it's it's gonna break you. <laughs> yeah, and also like for instance, what I do right now, work-wise, is what I love to do in my spare time. Mm-hmm. So it's really like because it's my hobby and my job now. Right. I'm like starting to do new stuff in my free time to feel like I'm not at work. And what I do is still drawing and painting. Now my new stuff is that I go outside and paint. And it's still a part of this whole thing. It just feels different because it's not digitally, right. not sitting by the computer, which was my hobby before. So it's <laughs> it's kind of those, like, it's just, it's what I do. It's what I love to do. And it's both in my spare time and my job. And, like, seeing the line is sometimes really hard. So It's healthier, yeah. too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is, yes. Yeah, it's definitely healthier. Not sitting yeah. in front of a computer whole day like I yeah, do. Yeah, but at the same time, it, at my computer, I have, like, this... You know, I have a chair and I have this nice pose. When I'm sitting in the park, I'm like this painting. <laughs> so it, I don't know if it's that good. The other but way around. <laughs> I'm outside. I'm outside. So yeah. One one thing I've noticed that by just the idea of working home, and because I work from home uh, these days mostly, mm. um, but generally working in this industry, investment in the right chair <laughs> is yeah, the, best, yeah. the best, the best thing possible. The yeah, otherwise is just like hard, hard, hard. <laughs> Yeah, and also like I work on a on a Cintiq, and I'm like I'm gotten used to it having it almost straight up. So I sit like this instead of sitting down right, like this. Right. And it's yeah, just some have... getting used to, but it is better, I think. Yeah, I do have my sitting up as well. I I I seen a lot of people like looking down and having them almost like on the tabletop, but it's almost yeah. reminds me of of that study that um uh, been been out quite a few of them actually been out uh, recently about you know use of cell phones and how it's destroying mm. you know upper upper part of your spine yeah because she's like, like this. looking down co- constantly yeah so having something straight straight up um 
where your head is not down constantly it's yeah it's definitely a good idea yeah it uh, is definitely <laughs> now it's more the shoulder but you can kind of like work out that instead so yeah it's true it's, it but, makes it yeah. definitely makes your hand um yeah it's but with like with anything i, I guess you know it's yeah. you just i mean it's a passion and you you spend so much time doing it definitely there's there's some trade-off of <laughs> it is yeah just too whatnot. many hours yeah yeah i i've noticed yes. that the best remedy for that is just like having walks or some kind of routine of uh of exercise where you just do something yeah. phys physical and it all of the yeah. pains and i have this uh, yeah i have this every time i get attention here i have this workout thing i do where like you use your arms like this and it kind of loosens up everything yeah and at the same time in uh in denmark we ride bikes a lot which really helps helps for the lower back so so yeah, that helps a lot about, but getting out of moving is Denmark. definitely the chick there's yeah. a lot of bikes there I, I was i was talking to you before we started the stream i have a friend uh jesper anderson he he lives in denmark we, we used to work together at crytech and yeah he was telling me about that uh, uh all the time you know you guys don't drive yeah, cars i don't even know how to <laughs> i can't drive a car actually need, i mean honestly yeah. in copenhagen I, I don't think you need to have a car it's just such a no, well-connected city yeah, but I do go to LA once in a while now, and it's getting more and more difficult. I know Uber is there, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, you can, it would you be can, nice to be. You can be around with Uber. That's fine. Yeah, yeah you don't have. Honestly, go Uber. Like if you if you mm. ever <laughs> if you oh, ever move to if LA. I want to go outside of LA, like I would like to go into the desert and stuff. Oh, okay. I need somebody to. Yeah, that's true. Me. That is for that. Yeah. You kind of want to have. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's so yeah. much nice stuff around LA. <laughs> Just not in LA. I mean, LA is great. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's just too crowded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah, it is definitely. <laughs> it is one so. of those. Yeah, that's why I don't drive to work anymore because it's just I've, I've I did that um, two years ago where I would be going mm. to like the film studios in Burbank. It's yeah. like forty-five minute to an hour drive one way. It is insane. Yeah, and yeah. It, that me that meant to me like. The, quick calculation towards the end of the project like hmm i'm spending about 40 hours in the traffic every month that's a full that's in full work yeah <laughs> that is insane let's not do that <laughs> no no definitely let's not do that <laughs> yeah copenhagen is uh i have never been in copenhagen uh but i've heard only nice things about about it it you is guys very have, nice yeah it's it's pretty nice city denmark is yeah. pretty nice too i think um it's yeah, um, it's nice and cozy country. It's a cozy country. Yeah, it's it's pretty small. It's pretty pretty yeah. nice, pretty cozy. People are nice there. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. So um right. So you you primarily got interested with this route by just, you know, I guess watching animations and 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 seeing like Disney films and and Yeah, that there. and uh, comic books. Yeah. Got it. I was a huge comic book fan, um especially Marvel the 90s Marvel. So um, I was really into that along with the <clears throat> with the Disney. So most of my youth, you know, I spent, you know, drawing after both the, the animation books and <clears throat> comic books. Mm -hmm. um, and then after school, I went to uh, the school that the school that I mentioned to the animation workshop um, in Denmark, which is um, which is, uh, it has different lines, but I took the traditional animation line, which is where you have one year where you draw on paper, one year where you do 3D, and one year when you do uh, film. Got it. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I 
left that school. Um, thought I was going to be an animator, 3D animation, because <laughs> that's kind of what you have, <clears throat> like because what you have not? to do now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, before that, I actually did an internship at Cartoon Saloon, which was amazing. I don't know if you know that studio. It's in uh, no, Ireland. Really. Did, uh, Brendan and the Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea, which mm. is uh, 2D animation movies. It's very flat design. It's very, uh, very beautiful animation. Um, but they were between those two projects. So while I was there, there weren't really wasn't really anything uh, for me to do. So uh, I moved on and I went to London where I worked on John Carter, the feature film John Carter as a oh, okay. 3D. Animator. Yeah, that's it's, the that's the only project kind of that deep. rings the bell to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I thought it might. It's um, it was the Disney flop. Yeah, uh, where I worked apparently. on uh, it was yeah, um, where I worked on the aliens. I did the animation for some of the background aliens, and I just remember sitting there working million hours a week and not drawing anything, and you know sitting next to people who didn't know how to draw, and I kind of knew that that wasn't for me. Right. So. I resigned that, moved back to Denmark, and started to figure out what I wanted to do instead. And then I got on the route that I'm on now, where I started doing backgrounds first, and I mm -hmm. started showing my character work on online, and things kind of took took off from there. So, so you that's kinda, like a quick overview of my... Right, you kind of dabbled in a few areas and then figured out, like, nah, I, I kind of want to do this after all. Yeah. It's because I always thought I was going to be an animator. I love moving characters and mm -hmm. I love being able to understand a character all the way around. Um, but I didn't like doing the, the 3D animation. It kind of lost what I really liked, you know, drawing and stuff. So it felt like I, I didn't explore that skill that I had developed. And right. I didn't, um, I didn't, you know, it, it felt like any other job. It was a cool job, a really, really cool job, but not really what I wanted to do um so so that's why I started you know I never thought I was going to do visual development and character design but I always thought you know that's the best of the best who gets to do that but yeah I was yeah. I've been fortunate enough to get really really cool assignments and getting and you know growing with the assignments and getting better and and uh it's it's like I wouldn't trade it Except for if they did, you know, really, really cool. I would love to get back into animation once, but you know, it's a skill you have to be really, really, really good at. And there's no, there's no it's project, you know. Difficult, yeah. It is so difficult, and you don't, you don't have anything to aspire to. There are some cool projects, but I think I'm falling more and more in love with visual development. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's now a just enjoy it, have the skill. <laughs> That's true. It it is a different craft and. Sad thing about yeah. it is, like, you, you fell in love with animation that you saw, like, back in the 80s and 90s, um, yeah. which was more, or even 70s at that point, uh, which was yeah. more traditionally drawn, like, traditionally made. And that's completely different to what it is now. Like, there's absolutely no films that are done traditionally anymore. Um, mm. Andrew, what was that? Who, who was working on that, the, the paper film? Uh, I think we know someone from there. The paper. Was this the, the Klaus? 
Is is they're making the movie Klaus, but I don't know if it's on paper or if it's on. Uh, no, no, I think uh, it might be on. It was it was this like black and white uh, short animation. I think it was done by Disney or Pixar. I can't remember. That's how that's how I how bad I am with animation. Uh, as, as <laughs> there you go. But there was this black and white Dis- Disney esque, uh, and it was like uh, about a guy and the girl, and it was like. Uh, uh, oh, Paperman. Paperman. Yeah, there you go. Paper okay, phone. gotcha. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was done in, in, in 3D with some side of shading, kind of shading that made it look yeah, 2D. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. They, they made it look like it's a 2D animation, but uh, yeah. it was 3D as well. Uh, I had this discussion with, with uh, a couple of friends about anime as well. Like the anime, mm. uh, the way it works today, it's completely different than it used to be back back then. When you watch anime films from the 80s or 90s uh my favorite ones uh akira and ghost in the shell mm, they've course. been they've been done uh all traditionally like you know drawn on paper broken down into you know different kind of lines and shading uh and then eventually you know clean up and scans and all of that stuff and cell shading all of that produced by hand you look at the anime done today it's all 3d Really, it's all yeah. 3D. There's no like 2D character anymore. I also like dabbled into uh, software that they used for scanning and you know then animating the frames, and it's just like, wow, it's all frame by frame. There's no like ease ins and ease outs. Like there's no none of those animation tools. It gets you like to appreciate the animation craft uh, on its yeah. own, and makes you makes you t- to understand like how difficult it is. Because it's one thing, like, those guys had to be amazing at drawing to start with, but then also mm-hmm. have, like, this sensibility for moving things and time. Oh, yeah, and overlap and all the different joints. And it's not just, like, then the overlaps of the different, like, follow-through and right all that m- math that actually kind of goes into it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, all, all by hand. All by hand. Yeah, and it's by insane. Frame. Yeah. I but cannot... also one of the things that I think that's really a pity, like, for instance, if you look at, um, like, Lady and the Tramp or um, The Jungle Book or the really mm-hmm. old Disney's, those are amazingly beautiful still. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the ones that are being made now, even though they are beautiful, a lot of them, I don't think they're going to hold up as well because you can see most of the, the 3D animated films, they're, they don't hold up. they're loose. No, they don't hold up visually. Like the story might hold up, or the character designs and the ideas, but the the look just keeps developing, and the skill set within that media. So, yeah, why do you think why, why do you think it is that way? Why do you think three D animation don't hold up? Apart from you know, I guess uh, just feeling dated with the technology, right? I don't know. It just doesn't have that. Um, the other like it, the other thing feels like a good craftsmanship. Like it's right. It's, um, I don't know, it, it's different kind of love. That's why I, I love the art books for the new films because you can definitely tell, like, with the large productions, like, for instance, Frozen. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful artwork that's done with Frozen. Like, the art book and the paintings that's done and the development and, and everything there is amazingly done. And the movie is beautiful, but I just think that it's going to lose more and more of the of the beauty in it because there's something i don't know it's 
just doesn't feel right if it makes sense i don't know if right. it's texture i'm not technical so i don't know what it is but it just doesn't have that uh, that appeal i love the artwork way more than i love the the actual finished films and i think for instance moana right now is a beautiful movie it's absolutely beautiful but i also know that in a few years i'm going to look at it and be like ah, this might mm, not be yeah yeah because we we keep developing it it's it's um Yeah, I remember seeing so, Wally, and Wally was like, "Man, that movie looks amazing." And now looking back at it, it's like, "Oh, I can see all mm. the textures." Eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hold up, and it's really tough watching uh, Toy Story, for instance, the first one. It's really tough to watch it, I think, visually. But I love yeah. listening to the audio because the story is amazing, and so it's, it's one of my favorites. The, the, yeah. the, the first one and the and the third one. The third one is pretty good. I think the first oh, the one was, was the amazing. best. Yeah. yeah. I cried at the third one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I don't think I cried at the many many of the films. I did cry like pretty much any other kid during Lion yeah. King. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think every kid Well, cried. if you didn't, you would be yeah, it was that's heartless. a tough one. Heartless. <laughs> yeah, it was heartless. Yeah. Um, do you know Aaron Blaze oh. by the way? Do you know um, have, have you ever seen his work? He was actually an animator over over at Disney for The Lion King. He was also directing uh, Brother Bear. Um, oh, okay. Then yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who he is. I love his work. I'm really bad with names. He's the one who does these amazing paintings of bears, right? Yeah, and animals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Animals, He's yeah. such He's a like, nice guy. Oh, I just drew this today, and it's just amazing big piece of just a realistic bear or something. Yeah, out of um, I worked with him uh, on the project uh, over at Digital Domain, and out of the whole Digital Domain experience, that was the only positive, positive experience, because mm -hmm. everything else oh. about Digital Domain sucked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh. he's he's such a nice <laughs> guy. He's like a like a papa bear. Like he's like this, uh, you know, like this uh, your your grandfather that's always happy and positive and like really nice and. Um, oh, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I only ask because he is one of those uh, people that are really really deep and um, deep into the the traditional way of doing animations. And I we worked together on the on this film that got canceled. Uh, it was mm. Legend Legend of Tembo, I believe. And everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was like creating animation frames and ideas all on paper. And I remember yeah. seeing those like, wow, like this is so cool. This is going to be such a different experience when you're going to see the film. Um, but yeah, it collapsed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's also, um, for instance, the animation in Tangled is is really, really good because Glenn Keane went in over and drew over all the frames. Right. Like to make the animators push the characters. Like you can really tell that it was like pushed more because, you know, drawing over it, he kind of you know, pushes and stretches and, and stuff. Um, he did, uh, he really, really did some amazing work supervising the animation in that film. Yeah, I you think can definitely it, tell. I, I think it has to deal with the imperfection and organic uh, way of how you, when you work traditionally, how you create lines and how you create movements and all of that. Whereas in computers, yeah. there's a, a, lot of, a lot of things you can do as a shortcut Uh, in the computer mm. and software world where 
you know, you build something in 3D and you light it perfectly and then you have those ease-ins and outs and you have like those animation flows that you can use and those scripts that make everything super fast and you can edit it, edit everything on the fly. But as you're doing mm. it, I think you're like oftentimes those films are starting to lose that that imperfection that you're going to have by not being computer perfect at framing everything frame by frame, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's for animation. When it comes to art, I was always wondering why when you look at artists' work and you, you see traditionally drawn work, why it's capturing much more attention when it, when you have a really good traditional uh, art mm. versus when yeah. you have like a really, really good digital art. And I think it's that novelty or that uh uh the quality that comes from the craftsmanship like you said that you know yeah, you know it takes a certain amount of skills and there's no shortcuts when it comes to traditional art that you can make mm. because you have to have everything in place in order to make something that is really really great whereas in computers like oh you're gonna control z the hell out of it you know <laughs> yeah yeah basically so yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's uh, there's something about it definitely, and uh, I, I'm looking at it personally, and, and I'm sort of missing like those those days where, yeah, it's like uh, I wish I wish traditional art was more accepted in the industry. I think to mm. to a degree it is, um, especially when it comes to like uh, it's called internet celebrities. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also think like a lot of the studios, uh, larger studios, make time and room for the artists to to experiment with. For instance, Pixar, Disney. I know they make room for the visual developers sometimes to work with paper or with right. with with paints and stuff like that because it does give a different expression if you're limited and you you have to you know okay I only have this material how do I express what I want to express and how do I capture this character like as easy as possible because when you do digital you do have a tendency to go into details really quick because if it's not right you can always go out and resize and and you know yeah. work under that layer where on the other hand if you do something traditionally you have to know what you want to do from the from the get-go because you can't like you can't go back if you start start at one place you can't go back yeah it's very difficult to to fix things once they're it is, yeah. done it, I, uh, and I also I, think you can tell the people's artwork who work digitally if they used to work traditionally because there is like something about their digital work I like that has like a, a simple I don't know if it's simpleness or or just a, a different feel right. if you can see that people are used to working traditionally as well and not only digitally that I like as well yeah I think it's because if you work traditionally yeah you don't have control z as you're drawing with inks like mm. once you once you place the line uh it's there so you have to be really economic about how you place yeah. your lines and, and really deliberate is, is that the correct line i should be placing here yeah is it gonna or if you're like inking with black at the end of the drawing you're yeah. really you know this is the moment i think it's the most stressful when it comes to art <laughs> it's like knowing oh, there's no way back i cannot imagine like those comic artists. I always put the no. Oh, me either. Yeah. I'm so impressed by them. I just, <laughs> you know, having to draw like lashes. That's always one of the last things that I do. And I know if I'm not doing it right, it just ruins everything. It's it's one of those, you know. Okay. Just you probably start with it then. Like just have a. Yeah. Just have like. But it's always copies. on top of everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's the darkest so yeah yeah no yeah it's like you spend like let's say five six hours or half a day on on that one drawing and you're about to get that last line and your hand slips like oh my yeah God. <laughs> oh no <laughs> you put Ruined. so much water in uh, yeah gone yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what it is. I think that's what makes um, makes it special because you know you cannot make mistakes, and and if you see something that is really really amazing looking, uh, if you mm. see that that artwork that you're really impressed, like oh my god, this this is looking awesome, you know that yeah. it took a lot of effort and there were no mistakes made. Whereas mm. you can see a, a drawing in in you know uh, in Photoshop or Painter or whatever, and uh, you don't know, you know could have taken yeah. a half an hour could have taken two days could have been started from scratch many times or just overpainted the hell out of it so yeah <laughs> you never know there's so so many ways to mask things and and test things with yeah. layers and it is yeah. yeah putting in different images and exactly yeah <clears throat> that's true so do you plan to go back to animation at some point or, or any point or try it um i think i'm just gonna might dabble with it a bit uh, just for myself but i don't think i'm going to go back as an animator because i am really falling in love with the visual development part of it um Got it. but i do miss um i as a i am a freelancer now and i live in copenhagen and a lot of the projects that i'm working on are in in la which means that um i do miss sometimes being a part of the production with the production like the whole team sitting with the animators and sitting with the post-production and pre-production and right and that part of it I, I sometimes miss but uh i think happy where i am right now where it's visual development mostly so you're working with like uh disney right now or can you say anything about that or uh i cannot say anything about um working with disney right now but i am working with uh, dc and oh, okay. um, and Golden Books right now, where I'm working on a second book for DC Superhero Girls, which I was I helped develop that show, and now they're I'm making some books for them, which is a lot of fun. It's really nice because the move, the TV show was very high tempo, and making books is way more. You know, <laughs> we just need something in three weeks. You know, have fun. It's like, oh, okay. So I dig that. So I it, dig that. It's very nice tempo. So that's definitely not the last time I'm doing that. It's um, <laughs> I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah, film um, and TV are relentless when it comes to it like, is. creating art, and that's that's really difficult. You have to produce on your highest. Uh, on your highest highest and you don't have time to slack really it's really yeah sort of like tied in all the screws are in place and you cannot you know fuck around if i can say that um yeah yeah i i've never worked in books or or, or you know in sort of like typical illustration um environment so for me it's like very alien world i did some book covers for for producers and friends that I know or some of the, I think I did one book cover but it was like way way back when when I was starting it was one of those like gigs like I had to do um yeah but yeah I'm, I'm curious how this industry works uh you know compared to to film what do you what do you think like if you could compare both because I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of artists out there that are you know thinking like oh I should maybe go film because film is like yeah. prestigious and all of that stuff but then well 
film is hard and it's um you they always needed yesterday <laughs> and true. they always needed to be brilliant from the get-go but they don't really know what they want um but and i must say i really really love loving doing books but i also know that i have to go back to do animation soon because that is where my heart it, heart is right um but i do love having like having a book on the side doesn't like wouldn't be a bad thing for me you know always having a book or two to do within a year um because it is it is really, really nice. The, the timeline is better. You, you like work with the whole project. You, you do the sketches, you do the, the, the storyboarding, you do the artwork, and you, and you do the final, and you sit, end up sitting with a final product, which is really nice because at animation, you do something, you send it out, and you don't really see it again, and it might end up in the, in the film. Yeah, it's so, true. So um, there is some kind of payoff with books that I really like, but... My heart is really with the animation, so <laughs> it's yeah. It's I can't. Back there. I can't it's leave. coming back there. <laughs> it is coming back. Yeah. Well, it's like visual development, but you know, working in the yeah, animation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because um, well, for instance, when I worked at DC or uh, uh, Warner Brothers, it was I worked for Warner Brothers with the DC Superhero Girls. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I did the, all the character designs um, for I think like ninety percent of the characters. And there are, I don't know, over a hundred incidentals and, and villain, new villain in each, each uh, show. And it's, um, it's fortunately done most of it in my style, but I did, I did hundreds of character designs in two years and, you know, um, and also right? you know, it, it is. Yeah. You know, we need five characters by the day after tomorrow. It's like, okay. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it needs to be like, it's just, and it keeps going. It's, it's nonstop. It keeps, um, and keep wanting uh, to have characters and, and new things and stuff. So it is really, really hard work, but it was also fun. Like you're part of a team and, and you lift the assignment together, but it's definitely different than, than doing books. Yeah, the, the, you you touched upon something really interesting here, and I think uh, it's worth mentioning. It's yeah, when you work in film or animation, for that matter, like everything is for yesterday, and mm-hmm. there's certain requirements that they have from you in terms of like how much you're gonna produce and what the results are going to be at the end of the day, and it can be really stressful. And the the biggest issue I have with that is like you really don't have that much time to develop the idea properly. It's like it's, mm. you're almost almost always going to be about 60-70% there where you want it to be and then you sort of like have to move on. There are rare yeah. instances where you work on something very specific. Like I'm working on this project right now where I'm only doing one thing. I'm doing s- mm. hundreds of it- iterations. Again, like it's it's one of those things where you, you would kind of wish you want to like create an idea and work on it and sort of like dabble mm. it and do changes but still be within the same realm. Uh, but oftentimes it just happens that, depends on who you work with, but oftentimes you work with a person that just really don't know what they want. Um, and they want to see ideas because they want to explore different different places up, up until the moment that they find that the right thing. Um, yeah. Whereas when you, when you work, I guess, in, when you work on a book or maybe personal projects too, you have that time, the luxury of time to actually develop idea a little further and you know go through the whole process the proper process of you know finding what the character is what are the traits and 
how we develop it, w w you know, what what are what parts of the character is gonna make it feel stronger, what kind of color choices you can make. You don't have that luxury in film. <laughs> it's mm. like, oh, uh, you're done. No, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it's mm. it's it is it can be really really stressful and difficult. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a trade-off. Like, if you want to be in that that realm of visual development, you know, that's that's the trade-off of of being there. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I've also been lucky to have a few assignments. Those are really like it's where they they uh, some company is contacting me and they're like, we're doing a new TV show, mm -hmm. and we think your style would be good for the TV show. So would you mind doing your take on these characters? And then. They need it by, like, you have a week to do it or so, and you just dabble and, you know, start to figure out, like, who are those characters are and right. how you would like them to. Um, I'm really fortunate to get a lot of those where they need something for pitches. And the hard thing about it is that you, most of the time, you don't end up, like, it doesn't end up becoming anything because, gotcha. you know, a lot of pitches out there. And if you get chosen, it's not likely that they'll choose you, like, choose you again. They might just, you know, go with people that they have in-house and stuff, but just use what you did. But for assignments to do, I really, really love doing those. It's um, yeah, it's it's a fun task. It's like a week of intense, I'm doing this right now, or and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's so something, luckily I'm getting some of those. There's something you, you, the point you made about, you know, when you work on books, you, 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 you kind of at the end of the day, you are in front of your product, the, the stuff yeah. that you worked on for a while and you've, you've been through the whole process from inception to finish and and now you see it it's there it's presented it's it's a it's a vital part of the project and animation it's you work on those hundreds of different sketches it might so happen that one of them gonna end up almost frame by like you know one by one in the in the frame yeah. of a film but in completely different look um, yeah not what you've created yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's one of those things that I don't know. I don't know if it kills artists in in terms of creativity because like you work on those ideas, you don't really have time to develop them, and the majority of them get discarded anyways. <laughs> yeah, you feel very. Well, that's wasteful. why you need to have your own project on the side. Right. Like you have to, you can't put your heart into everything you do at work because then you'll die slowly. <laughs> I think. Yeah. You have to have your own things. Yeah, you kind of want to do your own things for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've noticed that because I, I personally was uh, really invested into work and forgetting mm -hmm. my personal work. I used to do sketches here and there, but up until yeah. the moment where I started like developing my own project on my own pace, where I can just think about the characters and do stuff that I really want to do, it was like mm -hmm. yeah, because you, you slowly kind of like get discouraged, you know? Like yeah, oh, you do. You like. Yeah, you lose your passion for the for like the industry. I think if you don't maintain your own, yeah, your own stuff. That's definitely also. Yeah. What, I have had that happen to me, and I'm really happy that I'm doing everything at the same time now because there's like it revamped the whole passion for for the industry. <laughs> so you have your personal project. Uh, I want to talk about it in a moment, but I have one more question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you said you went to, uh, I guess, a university. It's in, in Denmark. Uh, it's a it's a bachelor like a degree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how do you think? Because you know, for entertainment industry specifically, when you when you think about working in film, there's not mm -hmm. that many schools out there that will teach, especially like traditionally driven schools 
that you that will prepare you for what what's about to come when it comes to video games industry and in the film industry specifically yeah. uh it's i'm guessing it's it's different for illustration I, i wonder how much of the the school that you went to helped you versus how much you've actually uh, learned by yourself like just you know being self-taught well um i would say the school meant uh, helped me a lot um okay. this school is made in this really great way where there's no teachers there it's like there are no teacher who work oh. there All the teachers are people in the industry who come in for a oh, week or two sense. and then just teach. Um, like one person comes in, we had a guy who taught us uh, rigging, for instance, which was ridiculous because we were animators, but we just needed to understand rigging. But the guy who came in and taught us rigging had rigged Woody from um, the Toy Story 3. So, so like it's really, really... Um, really good people who are in the industry right now they know what you need to know and and they also you know it's it's a connection that you have so when you come out they know who you are right so um the school is really really well equipped to get people ready for the industry and they do a lot of you know teamwork from the get-go um so people know how it is to work together and a lot of it you know you have a week to do this assignment which is um like good time frames um for when you go out into the industry as well so actually right. this school has prepared really well but i do know a lot of people who have went gone to schools where it's it's you know you know something Quest that you quality. need <laughs> yeah and you needed it like 10 years ago because everything keeps changing so much that's why it's so good that they get teachers who are actually in the industry yeah um yeah so i think that's the biggest issue that with the with the traditional brick, brick and mortar uh, kind of schools where it's it I w- by the way what was the name of the of the school that you went uh, to the animation the animation workshop okay it's in denmark right in copenhagen yeah it's viborg Den- viborg actually oh, viborg. it's okay it's very rural um which is amazing because it's it it's this little campus and everybody there is just into animation so you just live in your own little <laughs> world three years and it's That's cool. everything everything for you and all the teachers who come there just love it so much because it's it's just this little intense world how much so how much do you think um connections you made in that school helped you to in in professional work uh well if i continued where um at the path that i was going mm-hmm. um it um it would have helped me a lot uh what i've done now i you know i step back but No, I would still say that it has it has given me a lot. Not what I'm working for now, but it just I have this whole network of people and it's right. I think 30 or 40% of them are from the school or have in some way been connected to the school and Yeah. Um so yeah, it, no it is a lot. It just yeah, I had to I keep forgetting <laughs> where I know people from. <laughs> so no, the school is absolutely amazing when it comes to that. But I also know that it's unique. Like the way it's yeah, it set up. It sounds very unique. Um, just, yes. the, just the fact. And it has a line now, actually. That, yeah, it has a line now that does the work that you're kind of doing, uh, which is more. Uh, it's like it's a CG line where they do uh, visual effects for films and for games, and a lot of it is more naturalistic styles, and um, right. they learn matte paintings and stuff as well. So, it is a really, really good, uh, good school. I know there are VFX schools that are really good in London. 
And when it comes mm -hmm. to U.S., there's a couple of, uh, I think there's maybe two or three. Uh, the one, obviously, yeah. the most the, the most people are familiar with is Arts, um, Art Center in Pasadena. Yeah. That's like the yeah. biggest one and that has the most, uh, that's traditionally been great and has, you know, they always have top of the line teachers and like like very much like that animation school it is mm. a place where they would uh hire people from the industry to teach yeah they'll have their faculty that but the faculty themselves work in film um i yeah. used to I, I i interviewed on art cafe uh tim flattery who was um one of the one of the heads of uh, entertainment design actually in that school and yeah he's a guy who works in film constantly and he was doing mm. that while working there He's not there anymore, but uh, yeah, it's. I think that that connection you have when you work with people that are in the industry, especially if you want to learn, that's the only the, the only reason why why I would go to a school like that, where you actually mm. have people that know what they're talking about. I mean, the biggest disconnect is when you have uh, universities and schools that have some people that work there for like thirty years and have no absolutely zero connections to what's going oh, on yeah, in the industry. Oh yeah, it it doesn't give you anything. It yeah, just sounds really expensive. <laughs> It's just it is, money definitely. and nothing else. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. I never know. I never knew about that school. It's, it's something. Gonna oh, you should Google look it up. up. Yeah. I'm going to look it and up. And it's also really weird because like, again, grew up Jutland in Denmark and it was 40 minutes away and I always knew I wanted to do it. And it's one of the best schools in Europe yeah, uh, for animation. Like it. So it was just one of those like, okay, I guess it's meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> mm. that's true. So let's talk about your your project. You you have a Kickstarter. And yes, I do. You get funded in what? Forty minutes? <laughs> in forty three minutes. It was extremely. Minutes. Yeah, it was very overwhelming. It was one of those where like, oh, I knew it was probably gonna go okay quick because I got a good response when I said I was gonna do it. But I had a friend coming over to you know look at it and see how it was gonna go the first day, and she came. An hour after I launched, and I was like, "Sorry, it's already done." <laughs> so, but thank you for coming. <laughs> so. so, what is what is this Kickstarter about? Tell us, uh, tell us what it is. Um, it's a book um, called uh, Coral, and it's a follow-up book to uh, another Kickstarter I did um, uh, about two years ago. Uh, it's just a collection of artwork. It's okay. there's not nothing written in it or anything. It's just a uh, a book filled with uh, images of stuff that I've done in just my free book time. Full of awesomeness. <laughs> just book full of awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad yeah, it works out. I mean, it, it it looks like I mean, 40 minutes. That's a that's a hell of a deal, and uh, it worked out. That's awesome. That's something that I really yeah. admire about uh, the state of the industry today. I mean, um, it is it is more and more difficult to get job in in the industry right like if you want to be an animator yeah. it's so much more competitive than it used to be a couple of years ago even but yeah like places like instagram facebook twitter all of the social media are just opening doors for artists to be themselves and even kickstarter as well right because you with yeah. kickstarter you're just expressing yourself you're just like true yeah you. there's just me completely me yes <laughs> yeah, there's so, no, yeah, and, no and art I, director no, and on top of your head, like saying, "Okay, can you?" Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like <laughs> this drawing, great, but... but I don't like the. <laughs> it also because like some people are like, "Oh, I'm not a big fan of the font." It's like too bad. It's my book. <laughs> you know, I know you wanted this character yeah. to be a girl, but can you make it a boy? Boy, can you, yeah. Can you show it from the side and 
would it be hard to do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it looks really scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, giving me flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's um, how the industry works. <laughs> it's just it is. Yeah. I know. I love this. It, you know, just having complete, uh, um, complete uh, say in everything that I'm doing with it. Uh, I really like and. And also gathering my thoughts. Also, um, a really cool thing, I actually haven't announced it yet, but I can mention, you, uh, the movie director, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. do you know, he is uh, doing the forewords in my book. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. pretty cool. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. That's yeah, great. Um, I've met him. I met him last time I was in LA. We were working on something together. Um, so he's been really nice about wanting to write in my book. So, so it's just one of those, you know, I can, you know, gather what I want in it because, you know, my artwork is really girly and stuff. And then you have Kevin Smith, who's something else, but I just, just think he fits perfectly in, in the book that I want to do. So, That's so awesome. it's just really cool to be able to, to gather stuff and, you know, share it with people and that there's actually people who want it as well is really, really nice. Yeah, it's it's much more exciting, I would say, than any other. Like looking at what people do with personal projects, for me personally, it's so much more exciting than looking at the new film that is coming out. I'm I'm sort of starting to get jaded about the industry in general. Yeah, me but... too. Me too. <laughs> Don't get it's me wrong. Just, there's I, so I much, love... and it's just noise, and yeah. Yeah, I love working with people though. Like I, 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 it's, I again, like you've mentioned this, uh, working from home is so different, and you kind of miss that that the jazz of being in the in the fray of uh, you know other artists and and whatnot but even even then like when you work with like really cool production designers or art directors there's something about that connection you make that is Mm. more important than uh what projects you're on yeah yeah for sure i've noticed that do you how do you actually i have a question because that's bothering my me personally and I, I, mm-hmm. I, I started to get curious how other artists deal with that. So what I've noticed when I work on any any specific project, and I, I don't know if it's just, just me or if, if that applies to everyone, but like after three weeks of being super excited, I was like completely drained. Like I don't want to f- fucking work on that stuff <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Do you, do you go through like phases like that where you oh, are yeah. on the project and then you get completely like, man... Like, I know I have this deadline that I need to produce for, and I hate it. So I think the best oh. choice would be to work on my personal project now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that kind of oh stuff. definitely. I have that too. And also, like, I have it where I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, okay, today's the day. This is going to be amazing. And you sit down at the computer, and you just feel the energy just, like, ugh, like drain <laughs> out of you. Because you've just sat with that project for so long. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely I agree. And it goes up and down. So how, how do you deal with those moments? Are, um, well, if if there is enough time, which there seldom is, seldomly isn't, <laughs> um, I like to just put it on the side and maybe do some of my own stuff, like doodles and stuff, which you know gets me going. Yeah. Or otherwise, it's just one of those. If it's if it's um, you know uh, on you know, routinely enough, you know, put on an audiobook or some podcast right. and just go through it. Yeah, podcasts help. Definitely. Everybody has jobs. Oh, podcast helps a lot. <laughs> Everybody has the job days where, you know, you just yeah. like every other job. Yeah, I, I just, just wanted to spell that myth. Work sometimes. 
I just want to dispel that myth that everything is great and those projects are amazing. I, the, the more you work in this industry, you kind of realize that everything is kind of the same and nothing is special. Even the, the most special project that you worked on, the way you've done it, you've done it before so many times. There's nothing really that interesting about it. Absolutely. I've never had a job that lasted more than three days where I haven't had one of those days where it's just like, ugh, you know. <laughs> It's just there is something about when you do something and it's not your own, even if it is your interpretation of something, it's somebody else's project. And it just it can be really cool and you can be really lucky to work on it and you can think that what you're doing for the project is amazing, but it's still not your project. So it's still, you know, you still have those days where you don't want to be doing that exact yeah. thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's something about like, I find I find these moments where you, you work on someone else's project, obviously, but you find that mm. niche that you feel like you own it and you can do something about it, right? And yeah. if, you, if you get a, if you're allowed to do it, that's great, and that kind of keeps your interest going. But mm. oftentimes you're just like you create like your best idea, like damn, like I made it, like this is it, this is this is like this is this is exactly what this is supposed to be, and then you get a comment like, eh, I don't know, like let's change it. I don't like yeah, that. that's ex exactly when you think you have the project and they come in and come with notes and you're like, but that's not better. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, actually when you start, you start, like, they keep like pulling stuff up for every time you deliver it. You're just like, it's nice, but could you just change? And in the end, you just, I actually sometimes end up just fixing the things and not being critical about it. I just mm -hmm. do the changes that they want. And then you'd end up not liking what it is and they don't like it because they didn't really know what they were asking for. And um, so it just ends up being this weird thing sometimes. If you know it, if it's too much, you just kind of give yeah. up and you're just like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll move it over here. It doesn't make sense, but I'll move it over here. Or it can be red if you want. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this industry, man, it's just it's just mm. that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, that's why, yeah, I mean, personal projects is is definitely the way to go. I, I have my my own, and I'm kind of like cooking it slowly. I'm not getting. I'm I'm trying to get away from the pressure. I think the worst thing you can do when you work on your personal stuff is make it make it feel like it's work, because oh, then it's yeah. just like kill it. That just kills it yeah. for you. I I think it's fine to struggle every now and then. Um, you know, like if you, even on the personal stuff, like you're just kind of trying to push through because I think struggle, mm -hmm. str like when you're struggling and, and you are having those difficulties with something, that's when at the end of the day, when you succeed and, and make it happen, you feel so much nicer. You actually enjoy the, the spoils of, the, of that small victory a little oh, more yeah, than if sure. everything goes yeah. great all the time. But yeah, but the moment is like you get someone expect you something and it's, that's the moment where it's like, it just kills it. <laughs> so like, ah, it feels like every day now. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And nobody's paying you for it, too. It's like, yay. yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I'm working for free and people have expectations. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, so that's for Kickstarter, it kind of does that. I feel, I feel like it could do it to me if I would start a Kickstarter for myself because I have my project that I. You know, I've been asked to do Kickstarter for it uh, many times, but I feel like if I do it, it then becomes work for me. I don't know. It, it was that for you when you when you decided to do it? Well, I, I make sure that I have everything uh, done before I launch the Kickstarter. Right. Like I haven't put the whole book together, but I've gathered all the artwork I want to put in it. Um, 
and I kind of, you know, set up as much as I could. It does end up becoming like a bit of work, you know, navigating right. a Kickstarter is is hard. Um, and also, you know, add, you end up adding more stuff than you thought you weren't going <laughs> to do. So, for instance, I've just put on that I want to do like tutorial pages in my book if I make it to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Like if I meet one, reach one, and I haven't made those, so those would definitely be one of the things that I would have to do extra. Right. But I would never set up a Kickstarter and then after that do the work because then I would have this enormous pressure all yeah. of a sudden to 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 get yeah. it done. Yeah, because yeah, working on thinking. it, could be fun. yeah, yeah, you kind of want to have everything done and, and let the Kickstarter to help you actually produce it, uh, or like yeah. the, produce the final steps uh, where every like the creative part is already done, so you're not getting pressured, you're not getting upset and like frustrated that you you are forced to deliver something and you're not because you know whatever. Or yeah, and know. also if. If you, you know, you're sure that you you like it, I couldn't imagine, you know, doing, say, I'm going to do this comic book, for instance, and then you see halfway through this comic book, it's going to be really, really bad, but <laughs> a thousand people already bought it, so now you have to do it, so, but it's also yeah. a privilege to be able to afford it time-wise to, to do it, um, yeah. but this one has been two years in the making, it's like artwork from the last two years, the other one was also for two years prior. Um, so it is, I do, I do get around it easily by having it be, you know, gathering of artwork I've already done most of it. I've already put up online, but yeah, it is. uh, I mean, there's something different about having it in a book though, like in in pictures, that's for sure. And uh, that's why I made the first Kickstarter. That's actually because (laughs) I wanted to own an own a copy of my book. It just said Pernell on it. That was actually why I made the Kickstarter. <laughs> and it went really well, and I was so surprised. So That's awesome. So I wanted to try it again. Well, good luck with that one. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's already oh, funded. It's already going there. So it's go- going to happen, I guess. But it's just uh, you still have a little bit of work to do yeah. uh, in front of you. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a couple of questions. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you one more thing. Oh, okay. I, I remember now. Um so, as I said in the beginning, I found you on Instagram, right? Yeah. And you, on Instagram, there's there's not that many artists that have that large audience, honestly. You, you, how many people you, are following you? Uh, I think it's uh, 365,000 people. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. I, uh, how does it how does I, it feel to you? I mean, when you started Instagram, I, I guess like pretty much any other artist, you started with it with a premise of like, oh, it's gonna be just another place for me to share my work. Yeah, it was actually yeah. I saw um, I had a blog spot, you know, one of those, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember seeing some artists that had a um, Instagram, and she did some work that I really liked, and I was like, I think I could do that too. Um, I think she had like a thousand followers and I was like, right. um, that looks pretty cool. Uh, and I remember, you know, reaching up to her at some point, you know, because I was like, I want to be as good as she is. Um, she was, so I made her and then, you know, started seeing that there was more of a world and I just start like keep finding artists that I was inspired by and mm-hmm. who I wanted to be, you know, Oh, this guy! This guy does this. This looks really cool. I want to do more of this, and 
and you know keep developing your work by seeing more and more people on Instagram. So I actually developed a lot uh, of my style while I was on oh. Instagram because yeah, there was just as you said, there's so many people there, like it's so many artists, and it's, it's it is, and it's their personal work, and it's it's a lot of it is so freely because it's it's you know it's half hour doodles and it's. I just had a lunch break, so I did this, and yeah. it's not a lot of finished pieces, and that's what I really like about Instagram is that it's it's very intuitive. It's very, you know, passionate art, I think. Yeah, um, it's pretty so, large. Yeah. There is a pretty large volume of amazing art, I would say, on Instagram. It, there is, yeah. Out of any And, places. you know, it is. And, you know, I just... I don't, I don't know what happened, man. It just, all of a sudden, it just <laughs> exploded um, with my Instagram. I was part of a thing called um, Sketch Dailies. And I think that's one of the things that pushed me in the beginning, which was uh, this guy also from, from L.A. who, um, who started with uh, every, every day he posted a new subject and then everybody just drew that thing. And, you know apparently I was one of the people who did really well and I was on it from the beginning so I started to get a bit of momentum there and then I just you know kept going doing I think a lot of it is also I do drawings almost every day yeah I, I think that that helps a lot yeah. when you post something almost every day I've noticed that because um, I have like waves um, right mm. now I'm just sort of like for last two weeks I'm just like ah, fuck off from all the social media basically <laughs> trying to sort yeah. of relax do something that is not art related because there's a lot of work that i have to wrap up and i just mm. want to have my mindset clear uh, but i've noticed definitely like for i guess for anyone who who's interested in you know having their own uh following and the way you grow the following is basically posting every day is probably the best advice you can get like yeah obviously your art you're going to make or break your instagram account and, and make people follow you or not if you have a mm -hmm. bad, bad art and you post every day, people just unfollow because they don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've noticed like the but you differences also, are like, huge. You get better. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. And it kind of mm. it kind of creates a habit too. Like if you do it every day and you do something for a long, long time, it creates a habit. There, one of the great examples of that. I don't know if you heard about Beeple. You know who Beeple is. Is this um, guy, uh, he's, he's an awesome human being, by the way. <laughs> we had him on the podcast a couple of times. People uh, yeah. is this guy uh, who, who started, I think, he, I think he was the originator of the everyday's movement, like this sort of like posting every day on social media. Ooh, he okay. started 10 years ago and his work, wow. uh, work uh, uh, revolves primarily around Cinema 4D and Octane. So he, he does those like crazy looking cool, sort of like abstract renders, not fully abstract. You can still understand what you're seeing. There's other artists that make like fully abstract stuff. You're like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it's beautiful. Like yeah. here you, you kind of get like, that's people. Like, like right away, yeah. you can actually Google him. It's people uh, minus crap.com. And he's been doing that for 10 years every day. He's just had his 10 year anniversary. And wow. uh, yeah, it's like, whether he's traveling or not, whether he's doing this or that or not, he's just like, there's always, always art coming from him every day. And you can see it like every like, dude, where do you find time for this? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> That's insane. Slow like yeah. part of my day. So I guess he's uh, he's up for another 10 years <laughs> of doing that. Yeah. Well, I did have, uh, I think about a year ago, I did have a bit of a stress thing where 
I was, you know, I felt that I have to post something. And at the end, it was just like, I have to draw something. I don't care what it is. I just have to draw something to put it on social media. And that was really, really bad because I didn't develop my skill set in any way. And right. it just felt, you know, it felt really, um, um, it didn't feel good. Like it wasn't fun and anything. I don't know how I got over the hurdle, but now I'm just back at the thing where I draw for myself. And at the end of the day, I post it. A lot of the time, you know, I get up and get in the morning and I do a quick, you know, warm up sketch. And then, you know, at the end of the day, just before I leave the office, I color it in and I, I post it. So cool. it's just part of the routine the, the routine, and it's not like a hassle. Or yeah. And it is, you know, pretty quick sketches, the ones that I, I put out. Because yeah. The ones nice where, though. you know. They look really nice. I, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Those are very nice. Let me actually put up. It's right here. Put up so people can see it. Yeah, if you go, uh, go on your Instagram. I'm actually gonna post it to the chat. I'm gonna make sure it's posted in the comments too. But oh, cool. yeah, if you go there and you can see those sketches are they are pretty pretty straightforward, simple, but they look awesome. You definitely Thank developed you. a style that it's it's very very Disney esque. I would say, like I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't be is. I wouldn't be mad to see a film done filmed from Disney that done that way. Because it feels like it could well, be a Disney film. Well, if you have a number, you feel free to let them know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I've heard somebody say, and I actually took that to heart, so now I'm just saying that that's inspiring me, but I've heard that it's uh, a mixture between Disney style and advertising uh, style in Denmark in the 60s. There's like oh, a flat okay. advertising style over here, which yeah, I'm like, Denmark okay. has, yeah. <laughs> I, I always sort of like Denmark, I think had like this really great, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably talking out of my ass right now, but I always like, when I feel Den think Denmark in 70s and 80s, it reminds me of that graphic style for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because I've it seen is, some of the work. Yeah. Yeah. There's it is very, some... very graphic and flat and there's a lot of amazing designs, both furniture and and image right. and 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 designers and stuff coming out of Denmark in the 60s uh, and 70s cool it's yeah, maybe, definitely maybe, worth looking into yeah i definitely will i think i just might have stumbled upon something and read something somewhere it's just like like with anything with life unless it's a part of your focus when you're just spending every day uh you know focusing on something everything mm -hmm. else just becomes this sort of um i've heard it maybe somewhere and sort of like i don't know <laughs> that kind of thing you know oh my whole <laughs> life is like that it's like oh i think i know that guy but i need to it's like for instance like i go a bro to science uh, meme <laughs> yeah i go to uh ctn every year in la which is a creative talent networking expo which is okay. a lot of visual development artists in burbank meeting up in burbank every year and you know, I see a lot of people's names and I have no idea who they are because it's just one of those, you know, you hear the name and it just, you know, keeps going. So it's not until you see their artwork where you're like, oh, okay, I know who you are now. Like yeah. It's one of those, you know, it's just <laughs> exactly. part of the... <laughs> you run into that issue. I, it's, uh, how embarrassing it is when you talk with a person that you've talked with before and then you don't remember oh. their, their name because you've talked to so many yeah. people already. That's like oh, the yeah, worst that's... thing about the social media, I think. And I've noticed like pretty quickly when I when I had like a small following. I don't have as big mm. following as yours, by the way. I mean, I'm not even hundred thousand on on Instagram, which, which by the way, it's a big number for for an artist. 
but yeah. it's not it's it's not like the a huge number uh, uh, either. But mm. I've noticed that after a certain amount of people that you interact with, it's like all of a sudden it just becomes this blur, and you you cannot really pinpoint who's who because there's just too many of them too many yeah. of people and it's not like you're trying to be disrespectful or anything and you talk with someone and you don't remember it's because i think there was like actually scientific explanation to this that there's a certain number of people in your life that you can have i can't remember yeah. the dunbar number i think or i can't remember if, if, if that's the, the name of it uh but there's definitely a number like a rough estimate number of people that for an average human being you only remember this many names and this many people by name and everything else is sort of like out of your memory because it just doesn't you know compute anymore in your brain i think yeah. it was dunbar number i can't remember i would have to look it up it sounds uh, right yeah well, it sounds it sounds right yeah yeah it's also um because i do have a lot of like i do have a lot of followers and i don't know why i got so lucky but they're all extremely nice like there's all of so them are writing crap. really amazing there's so many freaks out people there. people can be really mean and a lot of other uh forums that have you know have my stuff on a lot of the time like they can be a bit more harsh there but right. on instagram people have just have this tone that is really nice and it's more inclusive and i do try to engage once in a while um even though it's a bit bit hard but it is one of those where people are like oh remember me and i'm like no but what's your like? What's your name on Instagram? Because then maybe, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's um, yeah, it's, it is it's hard. Really hard. But just try to be nice to like, do nice to people and and you know have them remind you if I try to. <laughs> I try have. to always remind uh, people that follow my work is that even if I don't reply, it doesn't mean that I <laughs> ignore you. It just means that there's way too much shit going on. For oh me yeah, to for take sure. Care of it. Yeah. yeah. Although, like, I've been listening to some of the, uh, what's his name, Gary Vershnichuk. I can't remember his name, <laughs> his last name. Gary V. Basically, like, if you Google up yeah. G Gary V, he's like a motivational speaker. He does like motivational books, and mm. he his philosophy is to reply absolutely to everybody every time. Oh, and he has like wow. thousands of emails that he he spends like half a day replying to. I don't know. Like maybe, oh, man, his, I maybe his brain works like that. Yeah. But then I listen to no, like, I... Tim Ferriss and he says like he has assistants that check his emails and he, he only like f they, they filter. His, he has a staff that check his email, like person that are hired only to check his emails. Uh, and they filter it and just send him only important stuff because he gets like mm. 10,000 emails a day. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what well, I must admit, I actually also, I have one who helps me with my email once a week um, because I do get a lot of of stuff as well because she helps me with my shop. So she's oh, taking cool. on the task of some of my emails as well. Very cool. Yeah, because there is a lot. But yeah, I don't, if you also comments and stuff, if you had to answer everything, it would be insane. Luckily, a, uh, a lot of times... It would be full-time work. But I do actually have followers who answer other followers because they ask something that somebody else already asked. So there is like a nice community happening, which is... That's true. I've noticed which that. I love to see, yeah. I've noticed that a couple of times where like, people ask questions. Like even, even here on the chat, like uh, I'm yeah. looking at the chat as we're talking and 
you know, <laughs> people are just like chipping in constantly and as answering uh, each other questions. So that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I wish I, I could have like a personal um, time with almost everybody, but it's just like impossible with work and oh. personal projects yeah. or even just the time like I just want to sit and do nothing time. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's, it's you kind of well, need I've that. Had, I've had, uh, you know, uh, no phone at this time and stuff, you know, no devices. Yeah. Stuff because it just it, it's constant. And I, I'm like you. I would love to. That's why I love CTN. I love visiting people and I love like uh, having people come over and and say, you know, they follow me on Instagram and we have a nice talk and I love to talk to everybody like that. So yeah. um, it's it so much really... better because you have your time specific for for that. Like this is I came here to meet with the people to, to mm. talk with everybody to get inspired. And that's the perfect yeah. time to basically. And I'm also very everybody. visual. It's it's really hard to just talk to somebody yeah, when it's just you know, exactly. a text. Yeah. Yeah. Like before we like started uh, this conversation, I was saying like it, it would be so much nicer to have a conversation in person, like in a studio, because like face to face conversation is so much different yeah. than like even on the Skype. Like I interrupt you so many times uh, by accident, mostly because there's a delay and it's really difficult yeah. to like uh, get the conversation going and, and like remove those awkward moments of silence where should I talk now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So I'm trying to like get better at it, but it, it is like, it, it becomes like a little bit of disconnect and impersonal beca specifically because of that. Like you, if you don't have that face-to-face -face interaction with person, that's why I feel like, you know, places like CTN and other, uh, um, other places where you go to for like workshops and, 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 and to meet with the speakers and whatnot, those are the great places for, for hangouts and, and connections because, that's the that's the time that someone who might not have time to answer you on your on your DMs uh, will be mm -hmm. able to answer you in person when you approach them, right? That's yeah, like that's sure. I, I feel like that's the time to do it, and it's also yeah. like so much more personal and and you know I've noticed that I have, you know I've, I've, I'm pretty sure Andrew is with us today and he's uh, quietly looking at chat and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and listening to us, but. I mean, I run with I run a company with him. We have our uh, school called Learn Squared. We have an online art school. We do court, like online courses, and oftentimes when we have conversations with one another, when we do it over chat, it's all, all almost always ends up with argument. Like yeah. we're always disagree. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Like what are you talking? About? Like because we're like passionate. And then when we, yeah. we when we have a conversation, even over a, over a phone call, it's like. Oh yeah, we're actually talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so much easier, and everything sounds so harsh when you write it down. Yeah, because you want to like you want to write down something real quick to answer a question. Yeah. But because you're not really paying attention and thinking as you're writing, mm -hmm. it might sound like a fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like for sure. uh, answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, last question before we get into actual community questions. So. How do you think uh, your Instagram following helps you with things like Kickstarter or, or your personal development? Uh, I, apart from the fact that, you know, just uh, just the fact that by virtue of being exposed to other artists, you, you kind of felt like you've developed your own style that way by being inspired and sort of like taking that inspiration and developing into your own thing. But I'm curious, like from more of a more of a social media interaction and how it helps to build your own brand almost like thinking about the brand specifically. 
because like when I look at your uh, account, like, I mean, speaking strictly business terms, it feels like a brand. Like, it, it, you know, you could easily <laughs> change it to a name of a company and it will be like, hell yeah, you know, like I dig that, that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, actually, I'm really, really bad at having a business plan for what I want to do with my own stuff. So if you have Most any ideas, <laughs> yes, um, um, I think I'm one of the few people who have so many followers on Instagram and still don't know how, like what to do with it. I'm just, you know, enjoying the ride. Um, but in terms of work, it has done a lot. Um, the work that I did for Warner Brothers, uh, where I worked for three years almost with DC superhero girls, I got through my Instagram. Um, and a lot of the, the big companies have contacted me and I've done work for them. I've worked for Mattel, Nickelodeon, um, Disney Publishing. Um, a lot of those uh, DreamWorks have done something for DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. And all of them have contacted me because of my Instagram. And they've come back because of the work that I delivered. So it's been a good way for people to notice the work. I think they've seen that it's consistent. Um, it's, you know, it comes out so often, so it's not like I've sit there and worked on that one drawing for, for, you know, everybody right. can make a good drawing if you sit and work on it for two months, but you can see it's like, it's daily. So, so uh, through my Instagram, I've been contacted by bigger companies yeah. and they have, um, given me work. And also because of my Instagram, that's why my Kickstarter is possible. Like I could not in any way. I wouldn't have dared even to do it. Like I couldn't have done it without my following on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Right. Because those are the people who have, who have, you know, who love my stuff and they've come out and supported uh, the work. Um, so, and it's also, you know, I, I did a, when I did the last Kickstarter, I had a lot of people contact me like, I want I did a Kickstarter and it didn't work out. And I wanted to know, you know, what backing kit did you use or, who promoted your work and what, you know, what advertising did you do? And it's just, I did my own advertising. I, yeah. I developed my own community kind of thing where, where, um, I, you know, when I post something, it comes out to a lot of people. And if just a small percent of that people are interested, you know, um, yeah. it, it can be done. So, but it's, it's also a lot of work. And as you said, like, you know, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. I was um I was I was looking into it personally and the more I look into like um developing your own sort of brand where you become a person that you know you you, you create a work you you build a following and then you make mm. a living out of it um that by itself it's it's equal amount of work if not more especially in the beginning yeah. when you when you want to li live that lifestyle uh I've been interested in that personally for a long time because uh, it it becomes a viable uh, area for for artists mm. to thrive, you know. Definitely, um, you don't have to work for big companies anymore if you don't want mm. to. Like if you're smart enough and and you you really put your all efforts towards creating a proper work, you you can succeed in, in you know being outside of the industry. There's a yeah. bunch of bunch of people that do that very well. There's this um, there's actually an artist that I might. I, w I was thinking about contacting and talking with because I'm mm. just really intrigued, intrigued about about her. She's I think she's from Canada, from what I heard. Um, mm. Her her name I can't remember exactly if I'm spelling it correctly. Sakimi Chan or something like that. Uh, yeah. She does like this fan art 
it's not really my style of work like let's put it out mm. there it's it's yeah i it looks like i I appreciate a little different kind of style of work personally mm. but she definitely does something that it, it, you know works for her because she she i think from the most uh for the longest time she had one of the most successful patreons in, in terms of art oh. uh and also you know gum roads and all of that stuff so she's doing really well like mm. probably better than 99.9 percent artists out there just just by yeah. looking at the sheer numbers of, of of people following and and supporting her uh patreon so for mm. me it's like that that becomes a a curious topic because what i find more and more is like in this industry the more options you have as an artist and if you can be genuine enough for people to actually follow you and and support you that becomes a viable way of living where you can support your family you can support your way of life uh and you, you can de deliver something back to the community whereas when you work again like you, in your in your case it's a passion to animation so i, I get that you want to work in animation you want to be in the vis dev that's one thing, but the other thing is like if you're an artist that you want to be an artist, you enjoy art, but you're stuck with this conundrum of of different jobs that you have to take. You hate them, but you have to take to to you know you know uh, keep the lights on. So yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting topic. I've been I've been exploring yeah. that personally because I find it like really but intriguing. It's yeah, an alien I think I thing. yeah I think I I am in the middle. I think because I do. Um, I do, uh, I guess, sell book the book that I made before, and I have some artwork that I'm selling as well, and and also the Kickstarter them is going is going pretty well. So I do have you know some finances coming in just with you know with my artwork, my personal artwork, which means that I don't have to run, as you say, you know, to get those jobs that you don't want to yeah. do. And I have also I have a good friend called uh, Liana He, who is also from LA, and we did talk once about whether or not we should both do a Kickstarter uh, Patreon <clears throat> as well. Uh, she did. Uh, she also thought about it, but we both agreed that right now it wasn't right for us because you ha it would just be a full-time job doing like what we do now. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm ready for it, if that makes any sense. I would right. like to get more out and do more with other people and have it still as my own little thing and and then knowing that it might be something that I could explore later on. Um, but I do, like, I know I'm definitely lucky because if, if I went out to do a Patreon, it wouldn't be as big of a leap as it would be for other people. Right. And I don't think it, it would be for you either, like, if you went out with your artwork um, either and did, like, a Patreon because you do have, as you said, a lot of followers and and you do have, like, this podcast and you have your school. Like, you're already building up this little empire of your own so <laughs> seems like you're doing really well well i mean the school is definitely helping out um uh, that's that's becoming more and more a part of my my life and you know more mm. of my focus um yeah. i still have to do work don't get me wrong mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still it's still the same it's the same rhythm as it used to be um five ten years ago when i was like really eager now it's just like more mm. of a commitments that I have to yeah. deal with and also family like just supporting family and, and having a growing child all of that stuff you know it is yeah. it, when you have a kid that's the moment like uh, I don't want to work on this but I have to uh, because yeah, yeah. she has to be fed you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of deal so uh, yeah it's an, it's a very interesting world to me and, and looking more into it 
I, I'm thinking about getting some some more guests. I already had one um, really cool guy, uh, Ross Tran. I don't know if you've mm. seen his YouTube channel. If you go to Ross Draws. Oh yeah, I, yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, he's such a funny he's guy. He's such a, he such, is, a yeah. such a goober. <laughs> I yeah. love that guy. <laughs> Uh, he's pretty cool yeah 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 i've I've talked to him when he started like uh, like mm. very close to when he started he had like on youtube maybe five or six thousand following maybe ten thousand following he was just just starting to grow and then after yeah. that podcast i'm not saying that my podcast helped him <laughs> I, I think it was <laughs> irre 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 irrelevant to his career yeah uh but like soon after i saw him grow like i saw that you know his because he kept doing the same thing over and over and and mm. being consistent and very genuine like to, to start yeah. super genuine and well that he has just that grew thing about you know presence in his video as well like he's yeah. not just wrong things he's also like look i'm jumping into water now and yeah yeah and the funny the funny part he started was like taking like a salad or like a mm. burger or something and creating a character out of it and now he's doing yeah. something different which is kind of even more funny he's taking a photos of himself and then turning himself into those uh, characters, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. That's cool. <laughs> it's so funny seeing him, and then he becomes mm. like a mermaid or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that guy is, that guy is a goober. All right, uh, I think we have a couple of questions. Um, let's, let's go through them. Andrew, you're there with us? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. <laughs> Lingering silently in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, we've been getting a lot of questions from the beginning of the chat. Uh, so oh. I guess, sorry in advance if we don't get to all of them, because there's a bunch, but uh, I'll try and consolidate. I'm plugging in the I computer can. if that's why you're wondering what I'm doing. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I can hear you. Um, all right. So I guess we'll just start off with one from Ethan that goes, how do you integrate storytelling into a character design? Oh, deep question from the get-go. <laughs> um well, it's, I think it's, you know, if, if you want to tell a story with your character, it's just, you know, figure out, of course, first what it is that you want to tell with your character. And then I think my way of doing it is as an animator, maybe, you know, put it into the pose or, or you know, think of an action that the character could be doing um, to tell that story. I definitely think that my drawings are way better Um especially when I work, if I know a narrative of what the character is doing, it's easier to get in expressions in and it's easier to get in, um, uh, you know, you know, communicate what you want that character to communicate, if that makes any sense. So I think it's just thinking out the situation and thinking up really well about the story, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, we have yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I think it is. I think characters does get yeah. Characters do get better if you know what the story is behind it. Mm -hmm. That's why I love to do when I have to do quick drawings. I love to do characters, for instance, from movies. Um, like I just did uh, one of Madonna from League of Their Own. It was so much more fun to do her because I knew her character. I knew who she was, so I knew how I wanted to pose her. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I love that movie. Ooh, um, I do. <laughs> Um, how did you find your own style and how long did it take you for you to find it? I'm still looking. <laughs> There's a bunch of questions about style and voice and whatnot. And yeah. Um, I, um, when I was a, a lot younger, uh, like before school, I did a lot of copying 
of people that I really liked. It was anything from um, uh, comic books to Disney movies to storybooks that had great artworks. And I just actually just copied that. And it just became a part of my library. And as I grew older, I just, it's, if you just keep drawing and, you know, look at, oh, that hot hand is really well drawn. And you maybe, you know, just doodle it down because then you put it into your, your vocabulary. And then it just, it, it happens. It doesn't just happen because it's hard work, but you just have to keep going and your own style will develop. I didn't, I looked for a style when I was younger, but now I just, you know, I just love drawing. And if I see something cool, I'm like, oh, these lips are cool and, and play around with that. And it all becomes part of how you draw and, and how your characters or whatever it is that you draw will look mm -hmm. like. Do you look at um, artwork that much anymore or you try to find inspiration somewhere else these days? Um, it's, I think it's all over now. Uh, sometimes I do, um, <clears throat> save a lot of artwork that I like, uh, that people drew that I see online, mm -hmm. but mostly it's actually rough sketches. It's if somebody has captured something where you're like, Oh, that line right there, that, or that finger right, right there is really unique. Um, and then I just put it into this pile, you know, if I need to draw hand ones, I'll remember this finger because this was really well done. Um, but other than that, I have like a lot of mood boards that's just um, with fashion or with just one that's just colors. You know, this sunset is pretty and these colors would look great in a character once. Or, so it's, it's everything now. It's, um, you see it everywhere. Um, nice. And I, I love original art, like not original, uh, traditional artwork like Caravaggio. I'm a big Caravaggio fan or Gustav Klimt is, as well. Like... Anything you can just that looks awesome. Cool. Um, so Adele says uh, you have such an eye for clothes and fashion on all of your original characters. How do you pick inspiration for outfits and styling for original costume designs? Um, Pinterest. Pinterest is really good. <laughs> um, and also, I love fashion for myself. So I do look at a lot of you know fashion magazines and. And people in the street, I love looking at street fashion. Um, and it also becomes, as I said, with, for instance, the sunset or the cool thing. It's just all, everything, everything is a part of the visual vocabulary. So you, you make mental notes and you save pictures and you put things together that you, that you like. Um, more on the subject of characters, uh, because animation is so time-consuming, a lot of the designs are quite simplified. How do you choose what parts of a character to exaggerate and what parts to simplify? I think that comes with knowing anatomy and knowing the characters. I've done a lot of study of of different like anatomy and design, so you kind of know what to push and what to pull. Um, you know, examine all the straight versus curve, all those old rules that every, like everybody who's studied art have, has heard like a million times. It is a part of, of learning. It's like getting your own style. You, there, I don't think there's actual rules. I think it's just trial and error yeah. and, and looking at what other people did. Like, okay, that, that person drew hair like a helmet. That looks pretty cool. I'll remember that. Like mm. it's, it's. It's not, it's just get inspired by what, how other people do it and how other people have solved issues, like problems or what you should call them like that. I think that's a great way to learn. And then 
at some point you get so good that you start, you know, doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, do you use vectors in your work or are you all bitmap? Um, I have no idea how to use vector at all. I've opened the program one. I think it's Illustrator. Open it once. Mm-hmm. Closed it again. <laughs> it's like, you work in Photoshop, that, right? Mostly. I do. Yes, Have I do work tried, in Photoshop. Yeah, I work in Photoshop. Have you ever tried um, uh, Clip Studio Paint or Mango Studio? No, not at all. I, uh, I'm one of those people who work traditionally for a long time. And then <laughs> I, uh, I learned Photoshop to the extent that I needed to learn it. So I know I a lot pretty. of a lot of uh, comic book artists are using Manga Studio, and I've I've seen a lot of illustrators as well using Manga Studio. There's certain it it's basically works like Photoshop, very very mm-hmm. similar. Like you can actually set up all of the hotkeys and everything to make it exactly yeah. like Photoshop. There's certain mm-hmm. things that I like about it that makes it feel like it's more of a traditional kind of looking work. Oh, nice. Well, I have heard good things about it. I remember when it came out, a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah, they've been improving a lot too. I've been like, yeah. I've been actually, for my personal work, when I'm doing kind of like drawing kinds of work uh, for my personal mm-hmm. projects for the Showtime project, I'm only working with that these days. Oh, okay. It has this lazy well, mouse uh, feel where yeah. it's sort of like interpolates your lines too. So it's it's almost Ooh. like you can get those, uh, especially animation kind of lines where you want to have like this really cool like eyelashes, right? Where it's just like yeah. perfect line, it's not like jaggy because your your pen moved or something. Like it's very easy oh, nice. to do it with that. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely helps out with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Nice. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I've used them. Um, I I just got a iPad uh, Pro, so I use the, the Procreate app sometimes when I'm sitting at home, but I would never use it for work. I use it just for, for right. you know, when I want to doodle on my free time. So I use that a bit as well, but I've never, never worked in Vector. Cool. Um, so Adele asks, uh, what drew you to most lineless art? Or what drew you most to lineless art? And how did you decide that that would be your final style? I sometimes feel like line art is cheating a little in art, but it depends on the style. Mm, I think I actually, I, I worked a lot with lines for a long time. And I think... I just did it without once, and it looked pretty cool. I think I was just playing around. Um, a lot of other artists have done it as well, so I don't. Uh, maybe I, have, I saw it somewhere, and I know that a lot of again the Danish illustrators from the '60s and '70s did lineless art. But I actually, I'm starting to incorporate a bit of line work now again. But that's just as a final thought, you know, to make the image pop a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not it's not really anything that I just you know I decided on. I just you know it looks cool. Let's do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. uh, William asks uh, he would love to hear about <laughs> the weekly workload of a pro artist and how fast will you how fast uh, will you need to be to be able to produce at the beginning to keep a job once you finally get one like a character sheet per week or an environment a day or whatever. whatever. Oh, that depends on so much. Um, I have uh, worked on a project where I had a month to develop two characters. Like, they had to be perfect. So we just, you know, back and forth and turn around and they, you know, designs and stuff. And then I've had other projects where, again, start Monday, finish product Friday, and you needed five characters. Um, 
so you really can't say it like that. I think it's something you you have to experience for yourself because it depends. Is it a feature project? Is it a commercial project? Is it a short movie? Um, is it very early in the pre-production where you have mo a lot of time? Is it in the crunch session where you just need something to animate or or something? Um, but it's um, it's a lot like it is it is really big range i don't even know if i can if i can come with a certain answer i can let you know that i work pretty fast and i'm here around nine in the morning and i leave around seven or eight if i don't have anything i have to be at yeah. you know, like on, on work days seven or eight maybe nine it's um not, it's not nine i'm still here today <laughs> no it's not like i'm still here it's 11 in the evening in denmark we're so. keeping you up here no, no, it's Damn fine. Us. It's just no. Let me know that it's it is um it is it's long hours sometimes and sometimes no weekends and yeah sometimes but, all nighters too depending on what yeah. kind of projects you are on it, it so varies depending on the project and the, the state of the project who you're working with who's the director who's the production designer who's the art director I worked with uh, production designers that were like, super cool to work with like you would develop ideas as you go and we would move fast i worked with directors and production designers where it would just be a struggle always like finding the right language that they want to proceed with and that means you know especially with freelance i don't know what's your approach personally but to me it's always like if something is not right i i know i have to put extra hours i'm not gonna pay for yeah. it paid for it but they don't care they want to see the good art and if you if you if you fail then they will not contact you ever again uh, yeah, it might be a lost right. opportunity for something better. So, yeah. yeah. And also, you think freelance gives you more free time? It doesn't. Nope. Mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it so. does give you a flexibility of starting your day when you want it to and ending it does, when yes. you want it to. But it yeah. definitely does not give you a flexibility of having more time. That's that's nope. that's not a case. Uh, it, and it the worst thing about freelance, the best thing about freelance is the flexibility. The worst is the is the the fact that you have to be on top of, your, of yourself and and really avoid distractions of, uh, at all cost, because yeah. in studio you can be distracted and sort mm -hmm. of it slips away because there's so many people in the studio that it's hard to keep up. But if you're yeah. that freelancer that they're you know you're billing for hours, then I want to see those hours done. <laughs> it, it mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely do. Yeah. Um, Let's get I guess maybe we could uh, a couple more, like one or two more questions, and wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how would you approach illustration for merchandising compared to traditional art? Um, do you mean traditional art like um, if I were to do art for galleries or do you mean... I assume so, yeah. It's like I yeah. guess personal art maybe. Personal art. Um, I don't know. I think my approach is the same when it starts like I produce it uh, for me like because a lot of the times people contact me because they like the style that I have which is very fortunate for me so I approach it with you know my style and and how I would do it for myself and then but I do it really roughly like I do very quick sketches that's how I work and then I send them off for them to be like yeah that's what we're looking for or not at all that's not what we're looking for um so I think my startup approach is the same, and then I have to fill out the 
the people that I'm working for, like how, how, what they want. If it's some, like I have instructor or directors that I work with a lot of times, so I know what they want and I can approach it like that. But if it's somebody who is new and I don't know what they're looking for, you have to start up just being truly yourself and then, you know, feeling it as you go. That's my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, be able to be flexible and change it, but, you know, put out something strong from the beginning. That's something you really believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I approach doing commercial work. Cool. So it's kind of the same. Um, cool. I guess we can wrap it up with one last fun one from Kalina. It's what is your favorite Pixar or Disney film? Hmm. That's easy. It's uh, oh, it's a little mermaid. <laughs> that's what, you, what got you started <laughs> yeah yeah it makes it's, sense um it's uh there's a lot of ones that i love i love the visual art from um sleeping beauty um i love a lot of the stories from a lot of the pixar movies but if it's the one that's you know closest to my heart it's definitely little mermaid nice nice yeah. makes sense I watched that. I wasn't, I was like, ah, it wasn't my thing, obviously. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did, uh, I did cry during Lion King, so. There you go. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, mm-hmm. let's wrap it up here. Uh, we had almost two hours of conversation out of this. Oh, wow. Yeah, time's flying. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for, uh, for having time for us and, and, and being here. I really appreciate it. I love your work again. I've been following you. you on Instagram for a while. I don't follow that many people. I used to follow much more, but I just yeah. like if you, yeah, talk, you have follow, to like cut it down. Yeah, if you follow too many, then you then you you're not seeing the the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you then. You know what I mean, I'm very honored. <laughs> uh, yeah. So good luck with your Kickstarter, and uh, thank and thanks again you. for being here. Thanks for everyone who joined us on you that Fourth of July. And oh uh, yeah, happy. July, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for for every question that was uh, uh, asked here. And sorry for not answering them all. We just run out of time. So uh, till the next time, guys. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye bye. I.